book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. God continues to challenge and stir my heart as we have been through this series. This series will be wrapping up today, talking about the reasons people don't come do church. I'm so afraid of knocking that over that close to me, i got to move it. <laughs> uh but uh, we are talking about the empty chair. Now, obviously, as I said, it's Memorial Day weekend. There's a few more empty chairs than normal. But the fact is an empty chair represents a life that has yet to be touched by the power of Jesus Christ. And so I hope you are understanding that. I hope that you are being uh, saying, Lord, I want to be used in every single way to fill every chair for your glory. Amen? Amen. And we have been going through several scenarios, and today we're dealing with the seventh one, money is all they care about, reasons that people don't do church. Money is all they care about. And before we get too cynical of that, uh, we do have a commercialism in America in the church that can very easily be seen as a racket rather than the kingdom. When the gospel becomes a racket to get people rich or to make someone else rich, we have lost the focus of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So some of what they see has been brought on by whatever reason... <laughs> Praise God, I can tell you at North Lake Church, one of our core values is stewardship. We want to be good stewards with what God entrusts us with. Whatever that is, whatever God allows us to be uh, have here, we want to use it for the glory and the kingdom of God. Amen? So let's look at what the scripture says about this. Because this is very important as we reach out to the empty chair. But I will tell you this without being ashamed and without being apologetic. As we have gone through these seven instances, and as I get ready to share with you this last one, Unless the church be filled with his power and his anointing of his spirit, all we do will fall short. We desperately are past us having a band-aid to help his church. We have got to get on our face before God and call upon his name. We've got to get on our face before God and say, Lord, we need to hear from your spirit. We need to listen to your voice. You and you alone have the keys to our city, to our county, to our neighborhoods, to our coworkers. Are you wondering what it is? Ask him. He knows. And then be willing to be obedient. 
Praise the Lord. So let's look at the scripture. Before we do that, I'm going to go through these very quickly. I know that you have seen me go over these every week, so I'll let them sit up there a minute. The last one we're talking about is money. It's all they care about. What a sad indictment. In fact, as we go down on this list, you've heard me talk about that some of these we have brought on ourselves in the church in America because we have been distracted by other things other than His Spirit. We have been distracted by other things other than His kingdom. Now, does God want to prosper you? Does God want to take care of your needs? Absolutely. Does God sometimes bring a wealth upon some and and bless some? Yes, for the kingdom. And that's his business. But when we make success the gospel instead of the gospel, we've been in trouble. (laughs) When we preach a gospel that says if you're uh, uh, wealthy, healthy, uh, fill in what I missed and everything else you have, it's wrong. The gospel I hear being talked about in the word of God transforms and changes everything about a person. Sets their course on an entirely different road. So let's look at what the word of God says. We're going to read in Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse number 12. Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that in my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that the most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking they may cause distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness Christ shall even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is our circumstances. And this picture is sometimes how we are. 
God knows what your circumstances are. But many times we run and we hide and stick our head under the circumstances instead of going to the Lord. God is fully aware of the conditions that you're in, that the church is in, that our country is in. He is not shocked. He knows, and by the way, the answer is still the same. If we will turn and seek him with all of our heart, he will be found by us. God does not play games. God does not say, seek me, and I will hope that you will find me. He says, if you earnestly seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. So I don't know what the circumstances are. Paul had some bad ones. Paul was doing the right thing for God, and he was in prison. Now, praise the Lord, we're talking about people who have said that money is all the church cares about, and so that's the reason I don't come. Now, that's a bad circumstance to have for us today, the church. But may I tell you, the the answer to overcoming that is the same. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They need to see the authentic Jesus. They need to see the reality of the real gospel. They need to see people that are truly on fire and set to sacrifice and be committed to the kingdom of God. Regardless of the circumstances. Because the church is never under the circumstance. The church is always above. Now, I am not talking about that you ignore problems. I am not talking about an easy believism. I am not talking about that when you serve the Lord, everything is a gold road with roses. I'm talking about in the midst of your problem and circumstance, There is a joy that keeps you. There is a Holy Spirit who empowers and uplifts you. And that witness to the world is what the world needs to see. They've got to see it. They desperately need to see the witness of the Spirit. So under the circumstances, no. I would rather talk to you about this. Now this is really the reality. I'm just as horrified sometimes as you when I read the headlines, when I read what's happening in the world and in our own nation when I read about what's happening to those who are Christ followers around the world, some of them literally giving their very lives right now for the gospel. But understand, 
when we pray and when we say, God, our country needs to change, maybe it's not so much that God wants to change our country as God wants to change the hearts of his church and the country will change. God wants to change the hearts of his people. Get the people focused back on him. Get the people relying on him. Get the people understanding that every good and perfect thing comes from the Father up above. Not from the government down below. Jesus is our supply. He is the one who will take care of us. Oftentimes we pray, God change our circumstance. God wants the circumstance to change us. I say this to you very carefully, and I will tell you that it is my opinion. This opinion is based on the Word of God and being in the presence of the Lord. I believe there are tough times coming for our country. I believe that there are terrible things, more than we've even imagined. But I tell you this, the God that will allow them to come wants his people to be changed and wants to call those who are lost home, wants to give them a reason and a purpose to live. One that will give you life beyond your years and years to your life. Hallelujah. God wants us to understand that things really haven't changed so much. Paul dealt with the same problems. What we really need is the perspective of the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit to give us perspective. We need us to focus on him and for him to change us. Hallelujah. All right, that's the first thing. Circumstance. Now I want to talk to you about this. The name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow to the glory of God the Father, that He is Lord. What is it that we need to do in a time like this? I tell you, it is not to be all disturbed. Oh, people think that the church is all about money. What are we going to do? We're going to live an authentic life for Jesus and we're going to proclaim his name till he comes. That's what Paul said. Paul says it's true. Some preach Christ out of all kinds of reasons. Some of them... Per, uh, uh, supposing they can give me trouble. Some of them out of selfish ambition, wanting to receive gain. But you know what he said? I don't worry about it because Christ is preached. <laughs> you know what? God will take care of everyone. 
there will be no one who stands before the Lord that has without a purity of being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ will make it into his presence. God will take care of it. So Paul said this. I don't get wound up about that. He says it's true. Sure, some are preaching Christ out of all kinds of reasons. How much more, church, that we need an authentic witness of Jesus in the world. They need to see the real thing. They need to see that Jesus is the King of kings. He's faithful. He's Savior. He's God, Jehovah. He's a friend. He's a Redeemer. He's our sacrifice. He's the Messiah and all those other terms that are on His name. That is who He is. Praise God. So don't get disturbed. Get empowered. I'm going to say it again. Don't get disturbed. Get on your knees and get empowered. Get empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the witness He's caused you to be. Wherever it is, whatever it is, however it is. He won't, he won't move in you and, and, and use you as a witness as He uses anybody to the left or the right of you. But He will use you. If you're willing. God is a perfect gentleman. His spirit will not move one finger to empower you unless you really surrender and ask. As long as you're willing to do it, you will struggle. As long as you're saying, God, I got it handled, he'll give you more handle. He'll give you as much stress and handle as it'll take for you to get on your knees and call on his name. And I believe in this time, God is called us to such a time as this. God has called us to stand and be willing to say, yes, all kinds of reasons for Christ, but I will preach Jesus with my life. With my lifestyle, I am not going to deny the name of my Lord. Romans chapter 1, verses 1, or verses 16 and 17 says, I am coming to preach the gospel to you. I'm eager because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's still the power of God to save. It's the only power of God to save. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't believe the Spirit is at work in our service this morning, I don't know who it is because I was pretty focused and it doesn't matter who gave me this note because this note is from a vessel who heard from God. And I thought, wow. There's an appropriate time to read this. Listen to what this says. I, your Lord, call upon you to stand up and declare to the world that you love me. Declare your love loud and clear. 
that I may protect you and keep you safe and out of harm's way. That is a word from the Lord. And as the word of God is being preached, let his word be confirmed as we, his church, do his business. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise his name. You say, Pastor Brian, how is it? Why is it you get so excited? Because there's nothing better. He is worth getting excited about. And every time the Lord comes to me and shows me and confirms to me as I pray and my flesh buffets me to say, no, don't say it like that. And I hear the Spirit say, you get up and say it exactly like that. That is a good confirmation. <laughs> By the way, now's a great time to say, since they say that the church is only concerned about money, that's not true. But I will tell you this, God's word is full of places where he says you need to be obedient to him because he owns it all. And he has asked you to be faithful to his kingdom by giving of your tithe and your offering. And I will not apologize for that because that's God's word. Well, let's move on. This last two verses. This last two verses are powerful. I don't know really where it is. I understand where, where it was, I should say, that we have somehow thought that we grew beyond listening to the voice of God and His Spirit in America. I don't know where really we decided that we were better at bringing people to Jesus than Him. Now, I'm not telling you that we shouldn't be using technology. You've heard me say this before. I won't go into great detail, but I'll use whatever means necessary to preach the gospel. I'll use it all. As much as God will give me, as long as it's about Him, I'll use it. But the point is this. I'm not sure where we decided that, Holy Spirit, would you just please go into the closet so we could save our community? Would you just, just kind of move out of the way so that we could get people in church and then we'll have them stay here and get saved? As if somehow, some way, really, we could be clever enough, kind enough. I'm not sure where or what it is that we decided. I'm not sure how we got there. I understand there are those when the Holy Spirit moves that get way out to the right and to the left. That sometimes it's not of God. 
So somewhere, instead of us deciding that we would, through the Word of God, correct in love those that happen like that, we've determined to throw the baby out with the bathwater. God forgive us. I understand. When God moves, it's messy. I get it. But I would rather, with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, sometimes even making mistakes, follow God's Word and let the Spirit move than to try to do one thing by myself. So listen to what Paul says in these verses. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. That's the first thing. Boy, that's confident. Paul was confident. Where did that confidence come from? I'll tell you that in a minute. But may I first say to you, as I speak today, as I've told you I'm concerned for America, I am. I'm praying earnestly, desperately. But I'm confident. I'm confident God's got it. I'm not shaken in any way. I'm not cowering in any way. I want to be filled to even a greater degree of His Spirit and power that in this day, at this age, at this time where God could be getting ready to do some awesome things, let's be the church. Hallelujah. Because I believe God is still wanting to heal. I believe God is still wanting to deliver. Why? Because God's not willing that one should perish. That's still his heart. And as long as God gives us breath here, church, as long as he allows us to stay, we need to be about that. We need to be passionate about it. Oh, we get so passionate about the craziest things. God, give us a passion for your word. Give us a passion for your spirit. Keep us up at night, oh God, with, with visions of your kingdom moving in power. Say, oh, Pastor Brian, now you're just wound up. <laughs> God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know God wants to do a work. I have believed it since I've been here. God wants to do a work. You say, is this the only place he'll do a work? No. But I know this. God has called his church here at North Lake to be a church filled with his spirit, letting the power of God manifest. That means let it become clear to people. So, through your prayers 
and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. That is who that is. It is the indwelling. It's His Spirit. And now I say, if you're here and you have not yet received baptism, Acts 1.8, write it down. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is different than the indwelling. This is the Spirit of God coming on you in power to you, for you to be a witness. Yes, you, you will receive a heavenly language. Yes, you need to be praying in that because the Bible says in those chapters I mentioned, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, that he gives us that so that we may intercede to him because there are times when we don't understand what to pray. That's one of these times. I get to thinking, God, there's so many things wrong. Where do I start? I start by praying in the Spirit because he intercedes according to the will of God. That's powerful. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be a witness for his glory. There are many who have said, yeah, but you know, lots of times that gets carried away. Did in Paul's day too. There's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. But as long as we stay focused on the Word of God and exalt Jesus Christ, and when the issues come up, we address them in love, and according to the Bible, God's Spirit will continue to move. And if we say, okay, we don't want any of those problems, we're just going to put the Holy Spirit over here and hope that we can have a nice, neat church service. We can do that and go home week after week, time after time, and never be changed by the Almighty God. God is calling His church to be filled with His power. God is calling his church in this last day to stand up, to know that the Spirit of God, he who dwells in you is greater than he that lives in the world. So as the worship team gets ready to come, I'm calling out again on behalf of of a Savior who has purchased you with his blood. I first make the invitation. If anyone is here and you have not yet fully given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity.